0: Hi everyone! Today I'm coming to you with a reflection on how to choose your people. How to surround yourself with folks who make you feel inspired and motivated and who open you up rather than close you off to the world and to your own creativity and your own creative work. Really what I'm contemplating right now is how to know... Who you want to let into your creative process. And I'm using the phrase creative process here to mean both your creative work and your life decisions. So I'm not just talking about creative work in terms of like putting out a piece of art or putting out a song. I'm also talking about creative work in terms of building your life and making these big life decisions that will shape your future and your present. I thought it would be kind of fun today to do some reflections with you. I really like writing things down. I think it's super helpful. If you don't like writing things down, then you can just kind of close your eyes or stare off into the distance and think about these things. But for those of us who like to write things down, grab a notebook or just a scrap of paper from somewhere nearby and um, grab something that you like to write with, and I'm going to just go through this little reflection with you, and you can jot down some things. And hopefully this will help you think about this idea of community and, and people, people in your life. So here's the first reflection question. Who in your life uplifts you and makes you feel open and inspired? Take a couple moments to jot down whoever comes to mind. And also write down, what, what do they do to make you feel inspired? What specific behaviors or responses do they have that, that really create this reaction in you? And if nobody comes to mind, then jot down what, in general, makes you feel open and inspired. So you might want to pause the episode for a second and take a, a bit more time to write. I'm going to keep going just for the sake of time. Number two, who in your life makes you feel closed and defensive? And again, if nobody comes to mind, just write down situations or places or experiences that make you feel this way. Number three, name an aspect of your life where you feel you could use some support. Who in your community could you reach out to for help with this? Number four, where have you visited in the past year where you felt really inspired? This could be a physical place in your town like a cafe or art gallery. It could be a spot in nature or it might be a faraway place that you visited. Anywhere where you felt really inspired, just jot it down. And then write a few thoughts on if you can go back to that place or can you find a similar place to go that makes you feel excited and alive Sometime soon, like in the next month. Number five, what do you feel that you contribute to your community? How can you put yourself in positions where you can give your gifts more freely? This could be however you interpret it. Basically, when you feel good about being in community, what what gifts are you giving to that community? and, And what makes you feel good to give? And how might you actually facilitate this giving more often in your life? So again, feel free to pause the episode at any point and just spend as much time as you want journaling or thinking about these things. Just to give us some more to chew on with this question of community and choosing your people, I want to go back to a few episodes where different creative people have actually talked about the importance of community. The first interview I thought about when reflecting on this community question was my interview with June Gervais. June is a writer, and she talks about how community actually makes her writing sustainable with accountability and connection. Let's listen to June explain more about this and tell the story of how she met her creative community.
1: Okay, this is my here. This is actually one of my most important answers about what makes art sustainable is community um okay is having a couple of friends I think I tend to lapse into despair and discouragement and that began to change when I got a couple of close friends who were also engaged in creative work Mm. that we started meeting on a on a weekly basis and just being like what are my goals this week what is my one simple step that I'm going to take I'm going to check back with you next week and you're going to ask me if I did it. Ooh, um, so
0: Yeah. So you got that accountability. Yeah. And yeah. also the connection. Yeah. That's great.
1: Yeah. Or like I hit a creative problem, help me brainstorm it. Um, yes. Or everything fell apart this week and you're there for camaraderie. Or, you know, we would celebrate when one of us achieved a goal, when we published an right. article, when we got a photograph published, like that might be my number one answer after food and shelter. <laughs>
0: after food is right. Basic needs. And then community. Yes. (laughs) And then community. Wait, how do you find those people? Like, it just takes a while, I'm assuming. So, how do you know when it's the right person? This is very difficult for me.
1: Yeah. So, this was another wild story. So, because the creative communities (laughs) I had were often heartbreakingly temporary. Like in college, I had Uh, it and it was marvelous. But then you graduate. Yeah. And eventually I went to grad school and it was marvelous. But then you graduate and, uh, yeah. and people are far away. So there was one fall that I had gone to. And my kids were, I think two and six at that time, I had gotten a weekend away to go to a writer's conference and it was glorious and blissful. And I came home and I just felt so sad because mm. I'm like, here I am living in suburban Long Island. And there's really not a lot of literary community around here. And I was feeling very lonely and despairing. And I was like, this is never, I'm never going to find anyone out here. So literally sitting at my desk while my two-year-old was like playing on the floor and I'm like writing about how lonely I am and how much I need people and I was like we have to get out of the house yeah like threw some clothes on and (laughs) packed up my son and we went to the library because I'm like I had there are just moments when you're like things will be better if I leave my home oh for sure they had a little play (laughs) yeah yeah actually libraries are a great tip what yeah. I'm about to say, Ooh. and I'm sorry, a lot of what I've been saying is very mom-centric, but it's just what my life is. It's, so, but it's super logical so, listening. Are moms okay? And mm-hmm. some of this is transferable, even if even if you take out the mom stuff, it's mm-hmm. still if you're despairing, get out of the house and go to the library is a great tip.
0: Yeah, even if
1: all you're doing is struggling with depression, like go sit in the library helps. Yeah. Um. So we went there to the little play room that they have. Because I was like, okay, here he can play with new novel toys that are exciting Uh because they're not his, and Uh I can write in my journal because he'll be otherwise occupied. Perfect. Great. We're sitting alone in this room, and then a little while later, two other moms walk in with their kids, and I was like, crap. (laughs) I hate when other moms walk (laughs) Because now they're going to judge me that I'm not playing with my kids. Uh, <laughs> I'm neglectfully writing my journal instead of playing with my... <laughs> right, right. I love my son, but you can't play with your kids all the time. It's just right. tedious. So I was like, uh, whatever. Today, I don't care. I'm writing my yeah. journal anyway. Yeah. So these two women start talking, and I'm like, I oh, hope they don't talk to me because then mom's... <laughs> want to talk about like whatever. Oh, is he out of diapers yet or like right, right. what kind of sippy cup do you use or like what's on TV? I don't care. I don't I just don't <laughs> care.
2: I know that feeling so, so well.
1: But then I'm like start kind of eavesdropping on them.
2: Uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. And I realized they're talking about like film and photography and I was like Ooh. who are these people? And I'm <laughs> I'm just eavesdropping and their kids are toddling around and they're also not playing with their children. They're talking about oh, art. My gosh. So I wanted to talk to them, but I didn't want to be a creeper. Right. And the next thing you know, like one of them comes over and it's like, um, hi, I'm sorry. Uh, is this yours or mine? And she holds up a travel mug lid and Aww. I was like, not mine. And she's like, oh, ha, I think your son took it. And lo and behold, my son had gone and stolen her lid and just put it oh my on, on, on <laughs> my table, like a little UFO just <laughs> sitting there. And his thievery started like one of the most important friendships in my entire life. Um, wow. because then we struck up a conversation and it turned out that they she had also been eyeing me because my tattoo was visible and she's like, that doesn't look like the typical mom around here. And right. those two women became um my kind of creative pod. And you know, well, they actually became my actual like pandemic pod later, but um yeah. they there I think there again is power in like writing stuff down sometimes um, writing stuff down and then getting out of your house. And
0: yes, yes, yes. yes.
1: Like, I'm never going to say like, I manifested those women or things like that. (laughs) Like I'm very, I don't ever want to act like there's a magic formula to things, but I think it is helpful to write stuff down. So at least we know what we're looking for. So then when it comes along, you know, then we recognize it.
0: Another interview I knew I had to go back to when contemplating this was my interview with Echo Rose Rising. She talks about the challenges of finding community, being a nomadic creative, but how community still sustains her even as she travels from place to place. Here's Echo Rose Rising on how she found her people.
2: The hardest part of this lifestyle is connecting with people in a town and then leaving. This lifestyle is not particularly conducive to building more uh, rooted connections. And so that's like the biggest thing that I miss about being in one place. There's a lot, you can dive deeper into the community. Whereas when I'm constantly bouncing between spots, it feels a lot more superficial and that doesn't necessarily feel sustainable. But I have met a cool community of nomads. And so I'm able to move around with a lot of people. We all have been drawn to similar places. And so we'll all gather in, we gathered in Moab, Utah, Joshua Tree, California, Quartzite, Arizona. In a month from now, a lot of the factors are going to be different. And so we all, I think, are very present when we're together. A cool component of How the nomadic community ties into my music though is that this community is really supportive of my performances. They will just turn any show into a party. There'll be like (laughs) 30 to 40 of them that just show up to any bar, wherever they are, and they'll just dance and sing along to my original music. And everyone in town is like, who are these people? (laughs) That's so great. And, And then they just come and join us and dance. And I met a woman who uh, plays keyboard, and she lives in a van. And the two of us were playing a bunch of shows together. So I'm hopeful that we can do some more of that. And then I also have a guitar player who I used to play with in Vermont, who just moved to California. So this winter, we actually had a residency at an Italian restaurant. We would play together every week. And then I have a bandmate who I met online during the pandemic because I saw one of his videos and saw how similar we were. Now we've traveled together a bit and we've performed some shows together. Yeah, the the nomadic community in general is really supportive of creative endeavors and also the nomadic community is really creative in and of itself. There are a lot of a lot of people who are sustaining their travels with their art I've met people who blow glass in their trailers. I've met someone with a welder. I've met painters and drawers and other musicians. There are a lot of artists who are living in vans, So that's cool.
0: I was going to ask, like, have you been able to collaborate with other artists on the road? And it sounds like you really have. You're just all kind of exchanging ideas all the time.
2: There's a lot of van life gatherings. and, And we do live music at a lot of those And so I played on top of a school bus at one point to hundreds of school bus families, like people all living in school. That was called schooly Palooza. Oh
0: my gosh. That's
2: amazing. (laughs) And then, yeah, we do a lot of like impromptu because we all have generators or batteries and, and we all, everyone's got their own little string of lights or like some kind of light system. So we park our rigs in a circle and make this, Little stage area, and we do these outdoor shows off in the desert.
0: Wow, that sounds so beautiful! Just sounds so beautiful.
2: Yeah, I, I think that community that I found was a big surprise. And I've some people have told me that they've lived on the road for years and they hadn't found that community until just now. And so I feel pretty lucky. I mean, it took me a while, I was pretty lonely until I found that community, but once I did. Uh, like once you meet one person in that crew all of a sudden every like it's like a magnet like when we were in Moab there would be more and more and more people coming to camp with us we would meet them at karaoke at the bar in town and they would be like wow like like it just I don't know it's a really cool environment that is super welcoming and yeah definitely not something I'd anticipated but I'm grateful for
0: it seems like community is really important for not only our creative work, but also our life and our actual health and well-being. A 2022 study by Holt, Lundstad, and Steptoe states that the actual presence of others, proximity and regular contact, is essential and can have potent effects on indicators of health and well-being. I hope that these reflective questions and dives into past interviews have helped you think about this a little bit more and I'm looking forward to seeing you in a couple weeks I'm going to be releasing a new interview at that point all right y'all thanks for listening sending hugs bye The process is presented in partnership with Rochester Groovecast. This podcast is edited by Jessica Liu and Sienna Facciolo, produced by Sienna Facciolo. Our theme music is written and performed by Sienna Facciolo, Chris Palace, and Jordan Rabinowitz, featuring Sally Louise on guitar. Mixed by Chris Palace, mastered by Jet Galindo.